ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm Janice Porter, your host, and as usual, have a wonderful special guest with me. And this week, my special guest is Lisa Couturier. I hope I said your name correctly, Lisa. You said it perfectly. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Janice. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So it's um, it's late November, and I'm watching snow fall at the beginning of uh, uh, this day today here in Vancouver, which is unusual. And Lisa is coming to me from uh, North Carolina, I think. Yes, North Carolina. And the sun is shining through her her um, enclosed porch and it's so beautiful. So, you know, I love this zoom thing. We can be, uh, we can take ourselves in different places and, and <laughs> that through osmosis, but anyway, so I want to tell you a little bit about Lisa and then we're going to dig right in. Lisa comes to, um, her, her work with 25 years of experience, um, and is one of the top experts who works with high performing individuals to get in alignment with their values question the status quo with integrity, increase revenue, and integrate freedom and flexibility in both personal and professional lives without overwhelm overwhelm and burnout. And the next sentence I want to just um, share from her bio, and then we're going to dig in, is what I loved. She is passionate about guiding and supporting people on building relationships and bringing back the human element versus simply closing the deal in business. We've gone in our world from transactional to relational or relationship um, uh, driven um, business today. And that I love. And I'm so glad to see that we are aligned in that way. So um, yeah, do you want to speak to that a little bit? I I do. Um, It's something that I love community and I love relationships. I have built my business on relationships and I was a stay at home mom for 17 years and got into cybersecurity, which is not, again, I was on the social side, like the event side of it, not the technical side, but you know, I had, I didn't know about LinkedIn really. And I was like, how do I even do this? How do I get these clients? I'm one, I'm just one person. So how do I reach out to many? And I was very fortunate to be able to travel all over the U.S. um, for these events and concerts and um, dinners and summits and workshops. So I was able to not only just connect with these people on LinkedIn platform, but I got to meet them personally. And I found that, you know, being from the South and my gift of gab, all of it came all together so neatly packaged in an industry that I knew nothing about. Um, after being a stay-at-home mom for so long. And I'm like, this is so important. And the woman that I was working for at the time, she goes, listen, it doesn't work that way. I need quotas met. I need deals closed. And I go, that's great. And that will happen. But I really need you to let me do me. And then I can work much harder the first year 
It'll take a little bit longer, but everything else thereafter is going to be so easy. She goes, I give you six months, <laughs> about a year. I give you six months. And she was, she was amazed. And I was validated that treating a person as a person opposed to a number really grew her business. It, it made me realize that what I believed in was, was validated, that it was really true. And I knew everything about these people. You know, I sent them birthday cards. I knew when their wife's birthday were, their kids, what sports they were in. I just got to know them. Mm-hmm. And they started calling me to do business. And in my first year, I closed 1.5 million in dinners. Dinners. In, in dinners? What do you mean in dinners? dinners? So we, we put on these um, custom dinners oh, all around the U.S. So, you know, a dinner is is not for 12 people. It's not a lot right. of money, some money, but not a lot. And to close 1.5 million in these custom dinners wow. on relationship building. Yeah. So when you you had this new boss, this woman, she was a strong woman. Obviously, she was very um, numbers driven. And you said to her, you know, trust me, this is how it's going to work. And this is, and, and, and I can do this. Did you really believe you could do it at the time? Part of me did. And then part of me was still very fearful and doubtful. I was in a brand new industry. The world had changed from when I had left my first corporate job before. Um, but I knew I could sell anything to anyone. But I, I didn't want to sell them. I wanted to provide a solution to their problem. And mm-hmm. that was through relationship building, which again, they came to me and said, where can you do a dinner? These are my targets. This is what business I want. This is what Fortune 500 company I want. And I, I didn't have to do that cold calling mm-hmm. that so many people in sales have to do. Like that to me is just gross. I don't mind cold calling um, somewhat, but um, but not if I had to do it like all day long, like every day. And like they go, we want you to make 200 calls a day. Well, okay, I can dial 200 numbers, but I'm not going to have 200 calls. Right. Exactly. I'm not playing that game. So using LinkedIn and I know it's it's fascinating that um, uh, there's still people out there that are doing that cold calling through LinkedIn messaging and just, you know, hitting on people. And, and uh, as soon as they connect, they pitch them. And it's, it gives us a bad name, those who use LinkedIn uh, well. But I have to say, you and I met on LinkedIn. I know. Right? And I love that. And I was intrigued by your, your um, headline, which says, advisor, author, part-time farm girl. Now, how, how could that not invite a conversation, right? Right. So it's just, it to me was, was a joy to have that opportunity to say, okay, do tell me more. I love it. And, uh, and we've had a couple of conversations and that's exactly how I operate exactly the same way as you. And so um, I love that. But now you, you have, um, you work with uh, pretty big high level people and uh, the kind of programs that you uh, put together are, um, high ticket items and what do you do to get people well maybe I I can answer my own question I don't know but but what do you do to get people from you know point a 
to sign up for that retreat that you do, that's $20,000, let's say. What, what, what happens in between? How do you get them? Can you turn them on a dime because you're really good at it? Or what does it take? You know what? The people that can, you can, as you quote, turn on a dime, those people are ready regardless. It was me just showing up at the right time and resonating with them being in alignment, having the same values that you and I have, you know, believing in the relationship. It's not always that easy, but I do feel that me getting to know you and not selling you right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, right before we talked the first time, I was I reached out to this woman that I hadn't talked to in probably four years. And she goes, well, what do you, what do you want? What do you need? <laughs> and I said, nothing. I, I just, I realized I haven't reached out and we haven't communicated. I just wanted to let you know where I am and how your kids are doing. I know one of them should be graduating soon and just how you're doing in your business. And she goes, you really aren't going to sell me anything. I go, no. And she goes, all right, let me get a cup of tea and then we'll talk. Oh, interesting. And that's, that's how I am. I I reach out. I try. I, I don't say I try. I reach out to five people a day just to say hello. Mm Mm-hmm. If it's somebody that wants to work with me, that's great. But a lot of times I'm like, you know what? Let's talk business after my intent was to just see how you're doing. Now, do you call five people a day or do you book those calls or do you message people to? What, what? I, either, I either call them or email them. Yeah. Um, because again, my LinkedIn connections, I met almost every one of them yeah. in person. Yeah. And so I just, I reach out to see how they're doing. If they change their business, if, if they're wanting to change business, because sometimes I think I was a recruiter in my other life because so many people reach out to me. They go, who do you know that's looking for this position? Or who do you know that has this because I'm ready to jump ship? Um, and so I just say, hey, listen, if you're ever looking, this person reached out and they have this, this place, off, this position offering, they're not going to post it for another month. But if you're looking, here it is. And I thought of you. That has nothing to do with my business at all. It's just being a connector. That's what I like. Yeah. And so you build that reputation of being that person that um, if you want to know something, go ask Lisa, right? Go ask. I want to be your go-to. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, I remember uh, working with somebody. uh, I've worked with a lot of realtors in in my time and, uh, uh, I met this realtor on LinkedIn, actually, and we had this conversation and he's an, an old school kind of guy, been in the business for a long time. And he started, wanted to talk about, you know, back then and how he helps <laughs> and whatever. And I remember him saying to me, though, I always want to be your number two, because the number one realtor will sell you the house or buy the house for you or whatever. And then they disappear and forget about you. So I want to be the number two that's there to pick up the pieces. Uh, In that industry, that's so brilliant because that's what happens. People don't stay connected. Um, and, and, And you need to because that's what it's all about, relationships. So in, um, in your, um, your work that you're doing now, I, uh, I, I think I read in your, on your website or maybe on your bio, I was here on your bio too, that you combined your success with individuals and businesses to create your unique and proven three-step system that help helping you to become a conscious leader in your community and organization. And also you're an NLP 
practitioner, which um, I love that. I'm not, but I, I'm familiar with it. Um, so tell me about your ACE system, your three-step system. Can you share a little bit of that with us? I can. So when I was in corporate, I had pneumonia for three years. Oh, dear. And I was on the road all the time. I would literally land into a city, go to urgent care, you know, sit with a nebulizer under a tent, go to the conference, get back on the plane and go to the next city. I did this for three years. And 2019, I go, I just, I can't do this anymore. I have got to heal my body. Like, this is ridiculous. I was um, presenting like every disease that there was. I feel like everything that was could possibly happen was happening to my body. And it was just the stress of my body breaking down. So I sort of, I quit without realizing I was quitting like the words just came out of my mouth and um, I'm like, Oh my God, I've got two kids in school, one on the way. And I still had just about $400,000 of debt from that 6,000, that 600,000 that was gifted to me in my divorce. And I'm like, what did I just do? Oh my God. And from there, I said, I'm going to heal my body. That's all I'm going to do. I will build this business because I was coaching part-time from 2016 to 2019, but I'm like, I'm just going to build my business, but do it slow, but heal my body first. Mm -hmm. And that was April, 2019, July 4th. The kids said, Hey, you haven't coughed all day. And I go, what? They go, you haven't coughed all day. And I, I realized that I felt good. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel good. I, you're right. I'm not coughing. And the next day I went up and I was looking at my numbers for the business. And I said, I've replaced my income <laughs> from my corporate job in, in very little time. I was only working about 17, 20 hours a week. And I'm like, what did I do? How did I do this? Opposed to going from 60 hours all over the country to working 20 hours. And I go, you know what? I got an alignment with my core values. <laughs> That's always been important to me because when I was going through my NLP accreditation, I had written a paper and um, Dr. Mark Waldman had told me, he goes, Hey, you're still playing victim. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't like victims. I don't want to be, I nope. I repel them. He goes, no, you, you actually bring them into you because with all of your words, you're still playing victim. Mm. And I started crying. I go, how do I stop? How do I stop? I don't want, I don't want to do that. And so he offered me a program to work with him um, to begin that whole accreditation of NLP. And he said, well, first of all, you need to know what you want and what drives you. What are your values? And I started listing them off. And he goes, no, I don't think that's a value. I'm like, who are you to question my values? Yeah. He goes, what I think is there are a lot of needs and wants here that aren't being met. Mm -hmm. And if you really get those met, I think you're going to uncover your core values that are right with inside of you. And so I really got focused on what was important to me. Mm -hmm. And being authentic was number one. I was so tired of faking, like, you know, smiling all the time, like a beauty pageant and, you know, do, pretending to be well when I was extremely sick. Mm -hmm. um, so authenticity came out number one. And growth and learning. I love learning and growing. And I go, how how does how does that incorporate into my everyday life, but not just my business life? Mm -hmm. um, 
And then I knew I needed flexibility. The, the whole in a box and, you know, I decided in 1995, I would never step foot in another office again. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be working from home or working from a coffee shop or working somewhere, but not in a cubicle. Yes. And then I've always wanted financial freedom just to be able to give whenever I want to give without having to worry if it fits in the budget or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be able to go places. I'm not big on gifts per se, but if I wanted to give a gift, I want to be able to give a gift. It doesn't need to be birthday or Christmas, but just yeah. be able to do something for anybody that needed doing for. And then I, and then that led into giving back because so many people helped me on that journey mm. of my, from my divorce to getting an NLP accreditation and to starting my own business. So how do I give back? Mm. So those were my five core values. And when I quit corporate, I got very in aligned with those. I posted them everywhere in the bathroom, in the car, in the refrigerator, like everywhere these core values were posted. And then I had to look at what do I need to eliminate to maintain these core values? And then the hardest part was who do I need to eliminate? Mm -hmm. The toxic. Life, there was a lot of toxic people in my life. And, and some of the people weren't so toxic, but they didn't meet my definition of a friend. They mm-hmm. just took and took and took and took and took. And I wasn't getting anything back. And so I realized if I got an alignment, the A, mm-hmm. with my core values, the C, and then eliminated all the things and all the people that didn't get me to my goals, I could work 17 to 20 hours a week and make an income that was sustainable and to get me to that financial freedom. And that's why I changed my LinkedIn profile this year to part-time farm girl, because I am blessed to be on this beautiful 20 acres. And I had my first real garden that wasn't in a pot this past summer. Um, and I started out with two rows and it ended up to be three quarters of an acre. Fantastic. It's fantastic. So, and that probably fuels your, your soul so much to be able to do that in the time when you're not, um, helping others that, that you're able to give back to others. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I, I think that, you know, we get on this treadmill and we, we forget, I mean, I do it here and I work at home, you know, and I, I think the, the thing that has helped me, um, take a closer look at what I'm doing with my time and and so on is my granddaughter, because I'll drop everything to be with her. And when I'm with her, you can't, you can't do anything else, but be with her because she's three and she's very hyperactive and (laughs) gone right so you have to be paying attention and it's wonderful and so I think that really helps me to um to balance and realize what's really important and both my girls my daughters have uh, are now here we're uh, back home so to speak in the and um for many years they weren't and one more than the other but it's so nice to have them here so it changes a lot and it it makes you know, it, it really makes you see what's important and what, what really it counts. But when you, um, so when you're working with, do you work one-on-one with clients? Yes, I do. Yeah. So when you work with somebody and they come to you, um, 
needing what they they're like are they burned out are they like i need you know do you what kind of a tr transformation happens and how does that make you feel like when when and how long does it normally take approximately i get so energized you know i feel bad because i've been there they're overwhelmed they're exhausted they're burnt out and they really don't know if they have any other options or do they dare even ask the question what's next because they're so tired yeah um and there's a lot of fear if they're in corporate of you know how can i possibly leave because it's attached to everything that you know is part of my world medical right, and right now though what's happening is they have so much layoff anxiety oh yeah that they've always wanted to start a business but like how do it and they go, I've got such stability, but then they're realizing they really don't have any stability at all. Not they can anymore. be taken away like that yeah. at, at no fault of their own. Yeah. It has nothing to do with them, but everything happens to them when they get laid off. Yeah. And so I will tell them in that situation, I'm like, listen, this is a gift. This didn't happen to you. It happened for you. Mm -hmm. This is your gift to start your own business if that's what you really want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't, I know so many recruiters that I'll just send you over to them and you'll have another J-O-B yes. within a couple of weeks. <laughs> but I, the first thing I do is we do that core value assessment with them. Yeah. And they, you know, once they've said, they go, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work with you. And then you go, now I need you to write these stories because we're going to uncover your core values. They go, come on. I just want to get to the, I, I just want to get to the nitty gritty. Yeah, without doing it. <laughs> and I go, we are. We're going to go start right the internal, what you were put on this earth to be and do. But that can't happen until we uncover what your core values are. They're right inside of you. I said, we're also going to find out what needs and wants aren't being met so they can get met. So this exhaustion eases up a little bit mm. because it's not just from your J-O-B. Right. My philosophy is you get your life in order then layer on your business. So do you mostly work with males or females or is it a bit of both? It's been both. Whenever I start to market towards all men, I get all women. When yeah. I start to work market to the women, I get all men. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just about like 60, 40 right now. Um, but most of my calls have been with men the last month. It's, it's so funny because um, if people ask me my avatar, I hate that because I have no idea. And as soon as I say it's a woman, I'm working with five men. So I, I don't get it. Yeah. So I think it's people. And I think it's just resonating with people that think like you do, that under, that know you understand them and that type of thing in my work. And I'm sure it's probably similar than for you. It is. So I love the name of your company. It is R2R Life Coaching. And that R2R stands for? Release to receive. Yeah, love it. I think that's really cool. So I know that just from talking to you that you've done a lot of work on yourself. And <laughs> yeah, a lot. And um, what um, what books do you read? I need, I I, I um. I love to know, do you read? First of all, do you read? Do you listen? Or do you watch like podcasts or videos that, you know, what is your go-to these days? My go-to is reading because I'm very tactile. Um, I will keep the libraries in business forever because I love the smell, the pages. I like to turn them. 
The problem is I like to write in them too, and that yes. doesn't go over yes. very well with the library. Yeah. Um, so usually I read two books at a time, sometimes three, but usually two that's so, sort of related to my business, NLP, coaching, self-development, leadership. And then I'll read one just either trashy novel or yeah. I love James Patterson and Vince Flynn, like all of those mysteries. Yeah. But I love those books. So I just finished um, James Patterson's, I think it's called, I'm so bad with the name, Blowout, I think it was. Yeah, my husband reads it. Yeah. Um, and then right now, I'm reading it for the second time, Conscious. is Conscious Business. How to build value through values. Oh, interesting. I think this, it, I, it's my second time reading. Again, if you look through it, it's just highlighted, written all in, notes everywhere. And then the other one I'm reading for fun, not that I'm going to go all out and be a prepper. I'm not interested in that. But I am interested in learning more about how to be more sustainable. So I'm doing prepper. this. Well, because you live on a farm, I think you have a right to yeah. do that. Yeah. So I, I, I froze um, tons of vegetables this year. Mm -hmm. um, and it was fun during Thanksgiving pulling those out. And people go, yeah. where did you get this? And I go, I grew it. I grew it and I froze it. Um, so that was fun to use. But just looking at other things, um, you know, like the water source, the rainwater and we have lots that you can, you can see that I'm just yeah. inundated with plants here, but how to use the rainwater so that we're not drying up the wells or spending a lot of money on city water. Cause we have both. Thank God. Yes. Um, and just playing with the chickens and what they like to eat and keeping them nutritionists as well. Like I won't name them because sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I think we might eat them. And I couldn't oh. make them and eat them. Yeah. Like, you know, I, yeah. Oh my, I, I just don't think I can do that. But um, making sure their nutrition is up to par and then learning what we eat is a lot of what they can eat as well. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So we, I, have, we have guineas, we have hens, we have pheasants, we have quail and we have um, the new one. What's the new one? Chuckers. Oh, wow. Is that a, that's a, a hen, right? That's a chicken, isn't it? It, it looks like a little Cornish, almost like a Cornish hen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So all that keeps you busy. Now, do you have help on the farm? No, it's just us. Oh, wow. That's amazing. It's the two of us. Yeah. Um, so I like to ask um, this question of my guests and uh, I'm a very curious person and my favorite word is curiosity. And I would like to know your take on that word. Do you think it's innate or do you think it's um, learned? And part two, what are you most, I, I think you might've just answered that question, but what are you most curious about today? But <laughs> part one. I, I think it can be learned, but for the most part, I think it's innate. I think you're born with it or not. Um, if you're put in the right environment, I do believe that you can learn to be curious as long as when you're little, it's not looked upon as a negative thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so it does come from environment as well in that respect. Yeah. yeah for sure. I, that's what my belief is. Yeah. Um, I think curiosity is the best thing ever. Me too. Um, I was on another podcast this morning and we were talking about what is the trait 
I asked, I, I asked the question, what is the trait of an entrepreneur? And the guy goes, I think it's just being curious enough. Mm. I go, what am I good at that I can monetize? It can also be a downfall to an entrepreneur though, it right? Can. Right. Down rabbit holes all the time. And it's like, no, I've got to go back and focus on what I was, but I'm so curious. I want to know how they did it or what they're doing. So, or a new app that someone told me about. And I try to stop because it's too much already. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And again, when you keep that um, focus of what's important to you. And again, I keep it right here, even though I've been doing it forever. These are my core values. They're right here all the time. Um, I look at my core values and say, is that going to get me closer to financial freedom? Or does that need to wait till Saturday for me to look at that app? That's great questions. That's great. Um, that's uh, um, discipline to do that. That takes discipline. And then I have a um, part of my other program that I work on is, um, you know, everybody goes, what's the return on investment? What's the return on investment? That's great. But what's the return on learning? What's the return on your people or your team or the community? And then what's the return on your energy? Hmm. So using that intuitive decision-making process mm-hmm. along with the core values so that I, I keep curiosity at the forefront, mm-hmm. but then question, is that curiosity more for a Saturday or is that curiosity more for Monday through Friday or just not right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being able to actually say no, not right now, because right, it's yep. it, you have to stay focused. Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice actually for entrepreneurs all over. I really think. Um, <laughs> so how how here's a question for you that um, I'd like to know. So as an as an NLP practitioner, or trainer, or practitioner. Um, how do you take that that um, training that you've had? How does it become part of what you do? You know, like how does it go from studying it to using it without knowing you're using? To, am I making sense? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at it very much like Montessori. My kids went to Montessori up until um, sixth grade, and you know how they have the older kids teach the younger kids. Mm-hmm. So when you learn something, to teach it to someone else helps you learn it even more. And it becomes um, very much, so you, I, I can't remember what it's called. It's got a name. What you, so you're learning something, right? So your, your confidence is pretty high because you're learning it, but you're like, then you start to implement it. So your confidence drops down a little bit. Mm-hmm because you're learning and you're not feeling very confident because you're like, I've learned it, but now I've got to integrate it. And then as you start to integrate it into your life and fully integrate it, it just becomes part of you. So fine though, doesn't it? Or does it? Not really. I think the awareness piece, Mm -hmm. you know, NLP is all about awareness. And when you become aware and then you see those results happening so fast because of, of the change of your language or being aware of the other person's response or their body language. Mm-hmm. Um, you go, damn, like 
that happened fast. Let's, how can we make something else happen pretty fast? You know, one of the, I love volunteering um, at food banks and food pantries. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, I, I have to go now. I'm going to volunteer. I have to go volunteer. Mm-hmm. And it was on a, an NOP group. And they said, Lisa, do you have to? And I go, well, yeah, I do. And they go, so you really don't want to go. And I go, no, I want to go, right? Like, I'm going to be late. <laughs> like, now I can't make any stoplights because we just had this conversation. And they go, but if you change that to I get to go volunteer now, you get to. it changes the whole perception just in the pathways of your brain. And it'll it'll help you get there quicker and do better because you get to go. It's not something that you're having to do. Like it. And so just those little tweaks are so small, but have such huge impact. Totally. Yes, that's really good. Um, I, I asked because I did some work on um, on some, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, it, it used to be called True Colors. It's like one of those personality dimension um, uh, courses. And I was um, doing some work in that area. And um, cause I think you can always learn from, you know, different things. And I, I got the basis, but the implementation is what's stopping me from thinking I'm actually getting something out of it. You know, like I have to go back and read the stuff again. And, and then, you know, you don't want to do it in an unnatural way. You want to pay attention to how people are talking and, and sort of figure out where they might be and how you should respond, but it should come more naturally. And I'm, I'm frustrated because it's not. And so it's the same kind of thing. And that's why I asked you that question. And I think partly with some things this is how I learned that I could be a LinkedIn trainer was when someone taught me how to use LinkedIn, I started sharing that knowledge with other people that I knew. And so as I was teaching them, I was learning. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's a good point. Um, so Last question, um, what would your advice be to, um, my audience is mostly, you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs, sales professionals, what would be um, your advice to them to uh, help them see the light, so to speak? Yeah. So for all of your listeners who are a small business owner already, and maybe you've created a J-O-B for yourself, unfortunately. To, to my quote, one of my quotes that I love, step, stepping back is not failure, it's a strategy. Because we need to slow down before we can get that momentum to jump forward. Mm-hmm. So you started your business. You, you took that leap of faith. But then somewhere you got out of alignment because you did create a J-O-B for yourself. So now you might be working 80 to 100 hours for yourself without all the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you were working 40 hours for somebody else, had a nice hefty paycheck and all the benefits, but didn't have the time and flexibility and freedom. So step back, take a breath, slow down, find out where your strengths are still and what you love doing, and then outsource the rest. You know, my first, I tell everyone, the first hire should be a virtual assistant. Mm I could not live without mine. Mm -hmm. I love her, but I don't give her task. I give her the autonomy and the responsibility to create what needs to happen because otherwise I could do it myself. She probably knows a better way. 
And I trust her and accept that she has my best interest at heart. And so when you can build that self-sustaining team in your business, you're going to get back into that flow and really start enjoying the whole reason you set out on this path to begin with. Great advice. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Today. And where can people find you? At r2rlife.com. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn as Lisa Couturier. No. There is another one, believe it or not. So if you can't find me under Lisa Couturier, you have to put a K in the middle and oh. then I pop up. Okay. Good to know. I, I found you. It's all good. I'm glad I did yeah, find my you. My SEO is working. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and, and for your wisdom. And um, to my audience, thank you for being here. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. And um, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And go visit Lisa and see uh, more about what she does. She has great advice. Thank you so much. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share out this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.